The simplest commercial baking resource. Brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Lynn Carson with a PhD in grain sciences. Sharing knowledge and helping you grow connections. You're listening to the Baked in Science Podcast. Welcome to Baked in Science. I am your host, Dr. Lin from Bakerpedia, the world's largest online technical resource for the commercial baking industry. Hey, were you at the IFT conference this year? IFT stands for the Institute of Food Technologists. I go there every year to check out the newest innovations and ingredients. Well, if you missed it this year, I'm glad you're listening to this podcast because I've compiled my favorite highlights of the show in here. Before I start, I'd like to do a shout out to Surrender Ingredients. Surrender supplies clean label, organic, and non-GMO ingredients including green banana flour, cassava flour, pea protein, and rice syrup. Request samples at www.cirnda.com or call 715-386-1737. In the first interview with Robert Serrano from Grain Millers, they showcase an amazing innovation from oat fiber. Here he is. Grain Millers uh, obviously has been pioneering the natural uh, oat fibers uh, in both the, in the United States and in Europe. And um, what we are featuring now is we're taking the rest of the tissues of the oat and we are actually combining them in a very uh, a strategic way to get some functionality out of each of the tissues. In this regard, we have been able to develop a product by the name of Oat Hydrocolloid. And this particular fiber uh, finds itself with multiple uses, starting with uh, replacing gums, uh, gums such as uh, guar gum uh, in bakery products uh, for the purposes of improving rollability on tortillas, uh, also giving more shelf life to bread uh, crumb. The other thing that uh, we are pioneering with this oat hydrocolloid is uh, in the area of needs. Uh, and what that is doing is actually in the area of uh, brine injection, where we're finding that our fibers are able to uh, reduce the, the, uh, the purge uh, both in the in the raw form of the meat, in, in the case, for example, of uh, chicken breast, as well uh, during the cook, we are reducing a lot of the purge. This uh, obviously is very attractive to the meat industry, uh, simply because of the clean ingredients, uh, replacing such things as carrageenan and some of the phosphates. So, so that's you're saying that the oat hydrocolloid is a replacement for other kind of hydrocolloids. Exactly. Can you use that in a gluten-free system? uh, We can, uh, and uh, obviously we need to have uh, that is specified in our uh, product specification, but yes, we can do that. Very good. And um, how is that different from just say oat hull fiber? Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, in the oat hull fiber, we're limiting uh, the fiber uh, conversion to the hull. Now, we're introducing the other tissues of the oat, such as the bran, and also uh, the uh, components of the bran, which typically 
uh, we have a high level of beta-glucans, yes. and so that makes it uh, into a hydrocolloid or gum arena. So is the is the are the beta-glucans part of the hydrocolloid? Yes, oh, they wow. are a very integral part of it. Yes. Wow, so that's amazing because um, beta-glucans have shown to reduce cholesterol. Right. Correct. Uh, we don't know if uh, this is going to be something that we can claim as having a more nutritious uh, meat per se. Right. But what we do know is that it will hold water uh, and reducing the perch, which is very attractive to the meat industry uh, to sustain both moistness on the finished product and, and reduce uh, loss of yield. So say if I want to make like a... Um nutritious power bar how, how is that gonna is that gonna affect the nutritional claim in any way uh, not to any, not to a significant way but what we do see is that we will give uh, a reduction in the staleness of the piece and uh, will reduce the dehydration rate um, what other um, innovations do you have? Because I've heard um, you have a special fiber that doesn't affect doreology when you apply, apply it into bread or bread products. Well, uh, what uh, we have been actually modifying a lot is the granulation of the fiber, this fiber being insoluble. And as such, we've been uh, reducing the particle size in the uh, close to the 5 micron size what we find that the dough rheology is not impacted negatively uh, affecting the bubble creation That's during true. the yes so no no bigger than 5 microns exactly we're kind of averaging around there it's in be it actually fluctuates in between 5 and 20 microns is what we're seeing it uh, that we get good uh, good volume out of it. That's, yeah. that's amazing. And, and, and bakers just claim oat fiber as... Correct. And okay. it would be insoluble in this particular case. Okay. And what do we have here? Uh, that is one of the uh, insoluble fibers. Uh, it is uh, the BCS30. And what BCS stands for is for... Uh, it, it would be a bakery, cereal, and a snack. And that's where the BCS uh, acronym comes from. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And it's interesting because you also have wheat, barley, rye, triticale fibers. Uh, actually, flowers. not uh, fibers per se, but we do have all of those flowers. Flowers, okay. And, and kibble grains, yes. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing all that with me today. No, my pleasure. Let's take a break now to thank our sponsor, Top Taste. Top Taste has a wonderful line of fried onions that would taste great in your everything bagel or even in your pizza crust. Check them out at www.top-taste.com. Up next, vegan spread and beet crackers. You gotta hear this. Here's Matt with innovations from Ingredion. The Ingridion booth. We are here at IFT, uh, New Orleans, and we have Matt to talk about the different effects of uh, texturizers on baked products. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. Welcome to our booth. Yeah. Tell me what's new. Um, so at IFT this year, we're, we're, we have a lot of new things. We are covering clean and simple ingredients, sugar reduction, and also indulgence. 
and plant proteins. That's the third, fourth one, I should say. So those are our big uh, uh, pushes this year at IFT. So um, one of the products that we're showing today is a vegan cheese spread on a red beef cracker. Ooh, nice. Um, what is in the vegan cheese spread? In, in the vegan cheese spread is our pea protein isolate called Pytestin's Pulse 1803. So it's able to give a, a substantial amount of protein per serving, which is actually unique for vegan cheeses on the market. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it uses several texturizers, such as our Fenpure 80 waxy potato starch, Innovation 3600 tapioca starch to help with stability and like the spreadability of the product as well. Really good. That's no granular, you know, like some milky, chalky vegan cheese I've eaten. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good product. And then in the cracker, it's a red beet cracker. It uses our Precisa Crisp 930 as a texturizer for it. Precisa Crisp 930 is um, meant for improving the sheetability of the product. It also helps with expansion during baking, and it gives like the right amount of crunch that right. uh, people it's, are looking it's, for it's in a cracker. It's kind of fluffy, you know? It's got air pockets in there. Yeah, yeah, it's a really nice product. And what's the thing that makes it red? Uh, it's red beet powder. That's not something that we're, that, mm. that, that, that we're supplying, but it's an on-trend uh, ingredient. Yes, it is, because there's a lot of flavor to it. Right. Yeah, flavoring color, natural flavoring color. That's great. What else can, you know, attendees expect when they come to your booth? Yeah, so we have a lot of different prototypes here at the booth. Some of the more interesting ones are we have a, um, a carrot cake, a Brazilian carrot cake recipe. It uses one of our Kerr Concentrates um, carrot juice uh, concentrates. and also has VersaSweet, uh, which is a low DP um, corn syrup. So it enables sugar reduction um, on the label of a product such as a baked good or it could be used in ice cream or things like that as well. Great, I tried that yesterday, excellent product. Yeah. <laughs> excellent, yeah. And then we, uh, the third prototype we have is a spring roll. Um, it, it, and the noodles inside the spring roll is, uh, pea, they're actually derived from pea starch. So Great. the pea starch is actually very excellent for sheeting uh, these products and, and now has a very clean flavor as so well. So my question about that is with any kind of replacement, you know, for rice vermicelli, it's usually, uh, Short, like breaks apart easily. How come yours doesn't? Um, it, it, it's it, it has a lot of amylose in the product, so okay, uh, compared to rice, so I think that helps keep the the, the noodle very um, much stronger. Yeah, um, because to me it, it, it tastes and feels just like rice from jelly. Right, right. You know? And it's pea protein, you said. It's made of pea starch. Pea starch. All right. So if you guys are here in um, IFT New Orleans, um, come by Ingredients Booth and taste all these products later. Okay. Bye. Up next, Jim Carr on a new sugar replacement. Just in time to reduce your sugar for the new 2020 FDA ruling. Let's listen to what Jim has to say. Today we have Jim Carr from Tate & Lyle. He is the Director of Global Ingredient Technology Sweeteners. Welcome, Jim. Hello. Nice to meet you. <laughs> you have, uh, Tate & Lyle has a new ingredient um, that helps with sugar replacement. Can you talk a little bit more about it? It's about uh, 10 years ago, Tate & Lyle looked to nature to see what of uh, uh, the many, many types of sugars that exist might be a good candidate to reduce calories and reduce sugar in finished food products, this being more and more a concern of people that consume bakery products and other uh, types of foods. Right. Uh, so you're way ahead of the game. 
game, right? You, you had this all figured out. <laughs> we started back then. About 70 years ago, allulose, uh, our new ingredient, was discovered in wheat. Uh, but at very low quantities uh, when it's found. So Dayton Lyle worked very hard to come up with a way of manufacturing uh, allulose and producing it so that it's available, an affordable nutrient ingredient to reduce calories and sugar in food products. And that, uh, the fruit of those labors, that innovation, was about five years ago we introduced allulose into the market uh, as a crystalline and as a syrup form uh, sugar replacer. That's, yeah, a very interesting uh, development at that point in time, but it, at that time, uh, the government asked that it still be labeled as sugar. Still was uh, almost virtually, you know, virtually calorie-free, 90% uh, less calories than sugar, um, but it still needed to go on the gram sugar line on nutrition facts. But why? Um, at that point in time, because allulose is a sugar, the okay. simple answer was, if it's a sugar, it belongs there. But allulose is not metabolized like sugar. Right. It's not absorbed by the body to, to generate a caloric response. So it doesn't give any uh, um, response to the body in terms of glucose uh, spikes, insulin response, etc. Almost not seen by the body when it's eaten in a food product. So it doesn't behave like sugar. We petitioned the government about four years ago, right, to get... Uh, um, it exempted from sugar labeling. So at the food technology show we're at today, about three weeks ago, we now have news from the government that it no longer needs to be added to the sugar line. So, it, so yeah. it's really big news. Yeah. And it's based on really good science that we submitted back in uh, 2014. Uh, wow. The government now has ruled 90% less calories than sugar doesn't need to be added to the sugar line, so you can take a substantial amount of sugar out of your food products. And uh, now, all the folks we worked with um, are saying, let's, let's go ahead and start launching those products that consumers are really gonna uh, be able to benefit both from calorie reduction and from sugar reduction. How about dental? Yeah, yeah. dental. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't think it was, uh, you know, as, since it's not a sugar, it's not fermented, uh, we didn't think originally that dental uh, would be an area of interest to to some of our customers produce products, but in fact it has it's non-cariogenic. In other words, That's it's not right. uh, in in the oral cavity, not going to be uh, causing tooth decay. So That's one true. more benefit to allulose not being your typical sugar. That's true. Now, how is anyone going to use it in bakery products? Uh, one of the great things about allulose as a sugar replacement ingredient is that it lowers uh, calories and sugar, but it has the taste mouthfeel and bulk of sugar. So normally when we're trying to take sugar out, we have to replace it with something, a bulking agent, uh, maybe a high intensity sweetener. Now we have something that because it's a sugar, behaves like sugar. So we can go into uh, say a filling, an icing, a high ratio cake, other applications where we need to deliver high sweetness and we can have something that actually tastes like sugar. It is a sucrose-like uh, taste profile. Um, it's not, there's no linger off flavors. And in uh, the testing that we've done, we have similar consumer acceptance or parity with a full sugar product, even when we've taken out sucrose or corn sweeteners. Interesting, so what would you pair it with if, I mean, it's only like a percentage of sweetness of the sugar, right? Yeah, there, we found some interesting results. Uh, in certain applications, we can use a high intensity sweetener like say stevia or monk fruit if we'd like to. Um, Are those bake stable? Um, bake stable for those, so it's not okay. like perhaps uh, other uh, uh, sweetener, high intensity like aspartame, where we might be worried about baking right. to, to reduce sweetness impact. Right. Um, in fact, uh, uh, we get good uh, combination uh, effects of stevia or monk fruit plus allulose. Uh, 
And then in other applications, surprisingly, uh, we're showing here at the show a caramel that has 50% less sugar added. Yeah, I know. I, I just tasted that. That's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's just like real sugar. Yeah, we were showing it to customers, but I can tell you we've been eating them as well. We're oh, <laughs> my God. I had like, I downed three in no time. <laughs> I restrained myself to eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so this, this product, uh, we took the sucrose out. We put uh, allulose in, and we didn't need to adjust sweetness. In fact, uh, some of the higher sweetness products, uh, you're already at such a high sweetening uh, impact that uh, you don't need to go back and build that, say, 30% sweetness you might have anticipated. Mm -hmm. Other areas, like in beverage, will complement with a high-intensity sweetener, but in the caramels and in many baked goods, a filling and icing, uh, you actually might be able to even just use allulose one-to-one -one with sucrose and get the sweetening uh, effect you're looking for in a real sugar-like mouthfeel and taste. That's amazing. Thanks so much, Jim. Uh, nice talking with you. There you have it amazing new ingredient innovations from IFT. Before I end, I would like to do a shout out to our new sponsor, ElectroSteam. Thank you, ElectroSteam. You have made Bakerpedia and this Baked in Science series available for all bakers out there. Find out more about them on our sponsor showcase. Lastly, please like, comment, and subscribe to Baked in Science. Till the next time, bakers, keep baking innovatively.